6.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, February 11th. It is 8.33 a.m. here in San Diego, California. And you want to talk about hot. Like, sometimes a name just is hot off the press, and after what my guest did last week, it doesn't get hotter than this right now. (laughs) So, today on In the Fight with Bo Templin, the Sandman, Corey Sanhagen, thank you so much for the time. You will you will never know how much I appreciate this. Oh, bro, absolutely, man. That's really kind of you, man. I don't see myself that way, but, uh, you know, th- thank you. That's nice. So this is something I kind of wanted to, like, break the ice on a little bit. Is like, you're in that cage, and this is last week, and I knew there was a chance I was going to reach out and, you know, try and maybe get this interview. So I'm like, I'm analyzing everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. any little thing mm-hmm. I can pick up on, and you were just a stone cold fucking killer in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to have a hard time. Like getting to this guy, like just having conversations. He's a, he's a killer. So you go through that. You have an outstanding post fight, like speech where you're like, you know, it's Jan Sterling winner gets knocked out by me in July. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so happy that this interview is going to be over the computer. Cause <laughs> I would be horrified. I would be horrified. But in reality, dude, you're totally chill. You're an absolutely incredibly nice guy. And to see the waves, the ups and downs, it's it's remarkable to see. I know you're buzzing. I know you're feeling good still from the week. Have you kind of made the transition from end of last week into new Titans FC fight week? Or is it all just one blended week together for you? Uh, it kind of feels like all, all one week a little bit. Um, I will say though, that there's like a, there's like human Corey and then there's like, you know, fighter Corey and like fighter Corey is very, uh, very much like an animal, you know, where it's just, you know, kill or be killed. But, uh, outside of there, man, like it, it's not like that. I have to operate by different rules in, in the real world than I do, uh, than I do when I'm in the cage. So, um, no, man, I, I love, I love, uh, all fight weeks, whether it's my fight week or, or my, my teammates fight week. Uh, that's what I'm doing out here in Miami right now. Um, and yeah, man, I, I mean, I'm pumped about it, bro. I, I love, I, I call it war week sometimes too, man. It's, it's all about, you know, like making sure that we're, we're, you know, all the guns are firing and, and that we're ready to go. And, uh, we, we were cutting a lot of weight this morning. We've been up for quite some time now, but, uh, my guy got his weight off, so we have weigh-ins in about an hour, and then, uh, and then, yep, we we go to war again tomorrow. So I'm excited for it. You talked about that other side, that animal, the the in the cage, Corey. Is that something you knew you had before you started training martial arts, or is that something you kind of unlocked over time? Yeah, I think I think uh, you have to unlock it, or at least for some people, you have to unlock it, right? There, there's a you know, fighting is a little bit of a a different type of sport. So I think uh, some guys naturally have more of like a, a brutal way of living life than other people, and then other people have more of a cerebral way of living life. And um, I think uh, you know, in fighting, I definitely took the cerebral approach. And then had to kind of find this, uh, this, this more brutal side because you do have to be really brutal in there. What we're doing is not nice, you know? And, uh, 
yeah, man. I mean, it, it was something that I kind of discovered. It's something that I'm really honing now, you know, and, and really being able to uh, turn on and turn off when, when I want to and, and when it's needed. And uh, yeah, it's it's different, though. You know, like it, 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 there's different rules when you're inside the cage. There's, there's a, a different set of rules that, that you're able to, uh, that you're able to follow. And, uh, and it, it's really fun and, it, and it's a bit addicting. And, uh, when you're there in that space, it's, it, it, it feels, it feels good. You know, you said you're in a new mentality since the first Aljo fight, right? Like since that first Sterling fight, you're like, I'm a different fighter than I was when I first fought Sterling. Um, you you know, this beast, this other side, is that something you, want, you think you unlocked post-Sterling fight? Or what's that like? What was the catalyst? Like, what flipped? What was the switch that flipped? Because um, to be honest, like, from the outside, it almost seems like a psychedelics experience <laughs> where, like, you just unlocked a new world. Yeah. And you've been a, a fucking killer since. So, you know, give me a little insight. What was it, man? Yeah, it, it was losing, you know, it, it was losing that that did it. You know, uh, I had to be reminded how much I hate it. Uh, I had to be reminded that uh, what we're doing is not just like some artsy, you know, like uh, martial arts where, you know, it looks really beautiful. Like sometimes it's really ugly and um, I don't like getting choked out and embarrassed on television. Um, and I don't like it being not on television either. I don't like when anyone beats me. Uh, I take it really personally and uh I react, you know, like I, I, I think that for I'm, I'm big on um, I think that we as humans do whatever we need to do in order to survive. And uh, and we change things if we need to survive in different environments and um, being at this level that I'm at right now and, and saying that I want to be a world champion comes with comes with a different uh, uh, survival skills. And um, I'm uh, I'm. Um, figuring out what the survival skills are that I need. And, and I think that one of them is that I need to go into a fight ready to hurt someone right off of the bat or, or else, you know, I'm going to lose like I did against Sterling really pathetically, you know? And uh, like I said, I'm not cool with it. Uh, but, but I do know that me as a person, like I'm able to fix things. Like I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm a person who, you know, I'm honest with myself. I'll fix things if I need to fix things. And I know that I can, I can change the way that I see things in my brain. And, um, and, and that, you know, is, so I'm able to learn really quick. And I think that the last two performances that I've had, had, had been a great example of that. And, um, yeah, but it was definitely losing, man. Like I, I hate losing it and I really hate losing, especially like that be, because it's just, it's pathetic, you know, even to me, it's pathetic and, and I'm not down with it, you know? So I'm, I'm coming for, I'm coming for all the heads now, you know, I'm trying to scalp everyone in the division. Yeah, that's that's badass as hell. Okay, that's that's sick. Um, when I look back on like early work that I made, whether it was like a video or like a podcast, you know, I've been wanting to do this a long time, as I kind of told you. I look back on what I was making at 17 and 18 years old, and I'm like, oh my God, like turn it off, get it away. It's it's horrible. Mm. Is that how you look back at that, or are you angry? Like what was it like? What was I doing? What's the emotion you feel when you look back on the Aljo fight? Do you say like, huh, man, I was just like a kid. I laugh it off. They, you know, I'm a, I'm a man now is what's the emotion when you look back on that loss? 
Uh, I don't know that there's, I'm not a super emotional dude, but, um, I think that I look back at it and I remind myself that's not happening again. You know, like, uh, that, that's not happening again. I'm not cool with it. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to walk into a fight the, the same way that I walked into that fight. Um, and you know, so I, I guess if there is any emotion that there is to be had about it, it's a little bit more respect for the game. Uh, I think, you know, there, there's a, there's a bunch of things that, um, I should have fixed that night in order for me to not be flat. And, uh, and, uh, I, I formed a new respect for the game and, um, and yeah. Cool. So the knockout, like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky because this is going to be something you're asked about 10,000 more times in your career. And I'm just one of the lucky ones who's going to get to ask about it first. So I got to capitalize on my opportunity here. I mean, it's a, it's a 25 second burger. Like this is so fast. When did you see that there was going to be an opening for this type of like maneuver? Like, you know, maybe it was 10 seconds before, maybe, maybe the moment that that bell rang and Frankie's putting that pressure on that he always does, like in every single fight, he's in your grill and he keeps coming. Even if you kind of pepper him with a jab to kind of keep him away, he, he like kind of perseveres through that and continues to pressure. Was there a moment before it where you're like, oh, okay, hold on. Hold on, I might I might be able to time something up here, or was it completely in the moment? Didn't even think about it. Wasn't thinking at all. Just your body did it. Uh, your your body kind of just does it. Um, uh-huh. I, I watched an interview with Sugar Ray Leonard one time, and I th- I think that he says it the best is when when he said when he goes into a fight, he'll uh his hands find the targets themselves. You know, uh, I I think that I think that that's a really good way to say it. Um, your body finds it on its own. Um, but that being said, when, when we went out, uh, and he started moving in front of me, I thought to myself, uh, oh man, this guy is stiff, you know, like he, he, he moves really weird, you know, and I knew he was going to move weird, but it was a lot more stiff than I thought it was going to be. Um, he threw a combination on me early too, where, uh, you know, I assumed that Frankie was going to try to wrestle me really bad. So, uh, I, I had assumed that and, uh, I want to just, you know, see, see how aggressive he was going to be with the wrestling. I covered myself. I was kind of ready for him to shoot in. He didn't shoot in uh, everything I caught on my guard, but I did also see a, a little bit of uh, a confidence build in, in him right after he threw all of those hooks. Like, uh, I think in his head, he was like, oh, it might not be as hard to get close to this guy as, as I think when really it was like, Nah, man. Like, uh, I let you in range so that I could, so that I could see what you were going to do, you know? And then, uh, once I kind of saw a little bit of a spark of confidence, I, I figured he'd probably go again right away. Uh, and then, yep, the body just jumped, you know? Um, can we keep a running joke where you're a terrible wrestler? <laughs> I would like to kind of keep that as like, like from here on out, let's just, let's just say you're a terrible wrestler and like maybe let people continue to shoot takedowns on you and see what happens. You know what? Uh, I've been grappling a ton, you know, uh, even uh, preparing for Aljamain, I was grappling a ton. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I don't think I was good enough back then uh, with the combination of me being really flat, you know. Um, but I think I really delved into some really good things in my grappling that I, I'm really excited I did not have to show. You know, like I, I'd rather me have to show those things in a title fight where people can't prepare for them than, than I do, you know, getting ready for a title. Cause now 
now I still have my secrets in my bag, you know, and, and I like that. Everyone keeps asking about the TJ Dillashaw dynamic in this 135 pound division. And uh, in your interview with Helwani, he was almost like surprised that you were concerned that TJ would get a shot. It, I, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like kind of nervous that, and Hawani was like, no, I'm with you. I think they would actually consider, I mean, look at the history of like John Jones or Anderson Silva, the guys who've tested positive after semi like long reigns and they get put right back in the, the title picture. So I, I hear your concern. If, if Jan Sterling, if something happens, you would absolutely hop in for like an interim fight, right? Or are you kind of staying prepped that way or for preparation for their fight? Uh, you mean like a uh, like if one of them pulls out for their fight? Yeah, fight? like with three weeks maybe, like a month. If there was something was to happen kind of like three weeks out, would you consider hopping in? Um, it would depend where my weight was and it would depend mm -hmm. on some other things too, you know, to, to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I haven't given it a lot of thought, but, uh, well, I guess I have given it a bit of a thought, but, um, usually the person that's hopping in on short notice, you know, they blow their chance, you know, like look at, uh, look at a guy like Masvidal who, who fought Usman before, you know, um, Masvidal jumped in, uh, didn't do well. And then we haven't even heard of him even you know, for, 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 uh, a title fight coming in next. So that would take a, a lot of thinking. If that is the case, it would also be about timing too. You know, if, if it happened tomorrow, then the likelihood of it happening is a lot bigger than if it happens one week before, you know, like I'm a big guy, I'm, I'm big for the division. And, uh, it would also mean like, Hey, can I actually do it? So, um, it, it would come with a lot of what ifs, just like everything in the sport, man, it's a lot of what ifs. Of course. And I was just curious because like during that interaction between you two, I was like, no, I hear what Corey's saying. And I was just almost surprised that Helwani was caught off guard by. I was like, no, I hear Corey's concern 1000%. Um, you talk about being big for the division. I know you're locked in. I know, I know your focus on the title. You're on a mission. You're like that new mentality is completely taken over, but it, you're pretty transparent with your thoughts. You'll say like, if I've thought about something, I'll say I've thought about it. And if you haven't, you'll say, I haven't really thought about it much. Playing that kind of hypothetical game down the line, would you ever consider the, the move to like 45 if there was a fun fight up there? If, you know, you win the title, things go well, you know, two, two defenses, something like that. Would you ever consider making the jump just because it would be easier on your body? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I would really like that too. I think, um, I think that there's some things that I want to do in this division, but there's mm -hmm. also, uh, I think, you know, especially with the way that MMA is right now, it's, uh, it's very big fights, not necessarily, uh, championship fights or, um, or, uh, you know, fights that kind of make sense, I guess you could say too. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I want to do what I want to do in this division. And then, uh, and then once I've kind of done that, then yeah, it, it's, it's going to be some big fights at 145 also. I don't want to live a life of mediocrity. That's what, that's what you said. That's a quote of yours. And I like, it gives me chills thinking about it and it's badass as hell. La I, have you heard the soundbite from Bobby Green 
um, from a presser. It kind of went on. It was like on social media this week where he, someone asked him like, yo, is, is your main goal to win the title? He goes, uh, no, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't care about the title. You know, there's people here that want the title really bad. I want to take care of my family. I want my friends to have a good life and I want to ride off into the sunset. What is, what pushes you? I know you said you fell in love with martial arts and, and you lost a, a great friend of yours at a young age and it changed your perspective on life. What is it that pushes you? Are, are you obsessed with the gold? Are you obsessed with being the best regardless of who holds the belt? Or is it, yo, this is a way for me to be financially secure, da, da, da. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different motivators that jump around in your head every now and then. Um, I think it, 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 it's, uh, it sometimes changes too. Uh, before it was more about like, Hey, I want, I want to show people my style of martial arts, you know? And now it's, I want to collect scalps. I I want, I want, uh, I want the best names. I I want the, I want to win championships. Uh, I want to reign as the King and I want to be known as one of the baddest dudes that ever played the game. And, uh, and that's what I want to do. That that's what it's become. It's become, I don't want to just beat these guys. I want to embarrass them. I want to knock them out. Like I want them leaving in stretchers. Like, uh, that, that that's what it's about for me right now. And um, like I said, I think that that's a little bit of me having to change the way that I think in order for me to survive. But uh, for me to survive, it's, you know, I want to collect as many scalps as I can. The better they are, the the, the better the, the head, you know, and um, and uh, that's where I'm at in my head. Let's fucking go, Corey. <laughs> are you serious right now? Oh, my God. I'm going to run through a wall hearing that. You sound like one of the one of the guys in Inglorious Bastards. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, oh yeah, man. I was watching uh, not Inglorious Bastards, but the one with the tank. Uh, oh, Fury. Yeah, I was watching that one b- before before the fight, actually. Dude, you got me fired the fuck <laughs> up right now. Okay, I got two more like lighthearted kind of type questions. Yeah. The back tattoo. Uh huh. How long was that process? When did you when did you say like fuck it, we're doing it, green light, like I want to do this? And and how long was that monster? Yeah, so I did a uh, I did a tournament um, in uh, in Italy for the for the U.S. team, uh, the WK tournament. And when I was at that tournament, that was the first international tournament I had ever been to. And I noticed that there was a lot of really good fighters that had really big back pieces, you know. Um, like they they were more of the Thai style back pieces or, or Japanese style, but, um, it was, it was in that when I was like, and I think I was 22 when I started it, but I was like, yeah, I want something like that on my back, you know, but the whole thing in, in total took about 20, 25 hours. Um, and then, uh, it took me a really long time because it was just kind of when I could scrap money together, uh, here and there. So, uh, it, it took a, I think it took like four or five years. Like my back was just like half done, but uh, yeah, it took about 20, 25 hours. A lot of sitting like this, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of hours of that. Of course. Of course. No, I, I had to ask that one. And then, um, well, I was kind of, okay. So I was looking and everyone's like, yo, he's got to change like his name officially to the Sandman. Like mm-hmm. it's gotta be the Sam. He puts people to sleep. He's got to come out to Metallica and her Sandman. Your tunes are good though. So like it's hard for me to like encourage it or suggest it because the tunes are really good. And on Instagram, you were, I think 
you were bumping the far side running. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, on one of the videos. Yeah, yeah, I like music like that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I noticed it. How do you decide your music for your walkout? Um, I was sticking with a song uh, by Macklemore called Victory Lap. Uh, and then I was like, mm, that's a little soft. You know, I don't want to really walk into a fight with, with something kind of that soft anymore. Uh, so now it's Give Me Loot by Biggie. And uh, I think that that has like a, you know, Big, Biggie is a good person to train to. He's a good person to, you know, walk out to. Uh, you could tell he's got that kind of animal brain in him a little bit where, uh, where what he raps about is like violent and, and mean. And, uh, like I said, man, operating by different rules when you're in the cage and, um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that's, and I've always just really loved Biggie. Like that's always been my jam for a really, really long time. Do you ever listen to, uh, the warning by Biggie Smalls? It's one of my uh, favorite songs of his. Yeah. I, I mean, I would know it if you played it. Uh, okay. but, but we're in like the Pandora age. It's like click a station. I don't know the names of any of the songs. It's just, you know, they pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you're the, you're like a top three fighter in your division. I think you can, let's get this guy a Spotify subscription or an <laughs> Apple music subscription. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Are you like that with everything else? Uh huh? Really? Yeah. 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 I, I don't do anything fun with my money, man. I invest all of my money. Uh, I, uh, I don't, I don't like to spend a lot of money. I don't like to, uh, like, I don't like to, I don't care for nice cars, nice clothes. I, I what, what is it though you splurge on? Like there's, I don't care if it's like buying a piece of candy at the gas station. What is your like splurge? You got to have something. Um, I like working on my house. <laughs> oh, okay. Like fixing up my house a little bit. Um, I like, you know, like landscaping and stuff. Uh, and, you know, making that look nice. I enjoy that. Very, very cool. Corey, I, I, I know you have to go, so I don't want to hold you up by any means. I know you got a big week and, and a lot more responsibilities. I do want to, though, stop. Thank you for the time. Like, seriously, yep. I, I cannot tell you that this is, this is one of a thousand for you, but this is not that way for me. Like, these 20 minutes, this is what I've been working for for a really long time, so – very appreciative, very thankful. Love watching you work. I just pray that we can talk again maybe before uh, you're set for your knockout in July. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. No, no problem, bro. Anytime. Awesome. Take care, man. We'll talk later. Yep. Yeah, see you, bro. Peace. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.